This is a podcast from meow.net. Meow! Meanwhile, in an abandoned warehouse. I'm in Lumsden in Aberdeenshire and I'm here with some friends, some new friends, some old friends (laughs) and we are going to talk to you about our experiences of a programme that we've been involved in since Tuesday evening for most of you Um, and now it's Sunday, no it's not, it's Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) And we've been here as part of the Rural School of Economics summer camp and this is being held at the Scottish Sculpture Workshop, co-hosted with uh, my villages, specifically Catherine Boom and Vebka Fenster. Um, and there are about 20 of us, maybe, as well, alongside that, yeah, around that people yeah. who've come from different parts of the country to be together and explore, I'm going to read out the blurb, um, uh, the idea of energy, both community energy and energy such as such as oil, gas, electricity, and its impact on communities. So interweaving through the camp is a public program. So we've had some in, internal kind of closed discussions and workshops and th- some things that have been open to the public, na- mainly people living in the um, village of Lumsden, where we are. Um, and we've been using the space, we're sat currently in the commu- community hall, community village hall in Lumsden, and there's also a space called the Community Making Space, which is part of the Scottish Sculpture Workshop, which is um, a broader kind of organisation that has making facilities such as ceramics. Um, so we'll do a, go around and say who we are and where we've travelled from to be here um, for this summer camp. I'll start with you, Miles. Yeah, so I'm Miles Benzies, and I'm an artist who works with photography and printmaking. But for the first six months of this year, I've been running mark-making workshops uh, using repurposed materials, um, and I've travelled from Aberdeen. I'm Eve Mosher, and I'm an artist who works in and with communities, um, particularly thinking about their future possibilities. And I have travelled here... I'm a recent transplant to Scotland. I've travelled here from Garden, which is a small fishing village on the Aberdeenshire coast. How far away is that from here? Mm, 75 miles, which translates to about an hour and a half. Stone's throw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Alison Scott. I'm an artist and writer and arts worker. I work um, collaboratively with other artists and um, work in institutional roles as well. Um, I'm really, yeah, I've been doing some work on energy um, and land issues and lots of these things that we've been covering have prompted lots of thoughts. Um, But I have travelled from Arbroath, which is a fishing town, a town on the east coast of Scotland between Dundee and Montrose. Um, I'm Robin Woolsey. Uh, I'm part of the team at Atlas Arts, which is based in Portree Sky, and our organisation that uh, works across 
all different kinds of communities that exist in that area. Um, and I have a personal connection with this area because it's where I grew up and where I'm from and also um, yeah, where I used to work. So it's it's been, a, it's been a real joy actually to come back to this landscape for a little bit from the West Coast. Uh, so yeah, I travelled um, from Portree, which is about a, a six hour drive over mm-hmm. to here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Beth Bramage. Um, I've travelled up from South London. This is my first time in Aberdeenshire. And when I was on the way here, the first time in Aberdeen. So new parts of Scotland for me. Um, I'm coming up, uh, maybe I applied outside of Scotland in the context um, because of a connection to Catherine and in different roles than she's had with my villagers but wanting to know more about her practice with them. Um, maybe coming from some recent work for the last few years with community gardens and also thinking about this idea of um, the kind of uh, this interest in this idea of like Lumbung from last year going to Castle and seeing my villagers work there and thinking about how these kind of economies and social spaces work with this idea of the community garden in an urban context. So we talked a little bit about there not being a binary between the urban and the rural. And I was like, interesting. Okay, I'm in these spaces where we're kind of practicing a lot of things that are taking reference from other places. How does this all fit together? Mm. Beth, maybe on that, because there's some of the sort of underlying principles and ideas weren't there that can inform this few days and one of them being Lumbong mm. so maybe we could attempt to sort of articulate what that means and where it's come from a bit about it because it's um, the, the the term has come from the Documenta 15 Rangrupa um, concept I suppose and, and underpinning concept for, the, for that project so did anyone go to Documenta? So that's, that's that I, I was there in person and we've had a wonderful uh, Vivi, Vivianne, mm-hmm. uh, who's mm-hmm. been able to speak a little bit about her role as a mediator there between publics and Rangrupa's um, um, vision. Um, and we had the image on the wall for the whole of this summer camp week um, of uh, Lumbung as the rice barn with some um, ideas of it being a social space and um, literally a space to, um, as a community, store rice and then take what you need and give what you can to it. But maybe other people could like share some of their connections with that image if they want to. Does anyone else have any Lombok thoughts? <laughs> Lombok, is, is the word itself not Indonesian, first of all, the etymology? Yes, yes. Yeah, my interpretation is so what so the is lumbung the word for the rice burn and then yeah. it's been extrapolated exactly mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so i suppose that plays into the metaphors that we were like trying to galvanize today mm-hmm. yeah i i don't really know what to say about it it's it's a don't take out more than you need mm-hmm. i think that's maybe mm-hmm. one thing that comes up um I think uh, oh, oh sorry this idea of um, kept coming up of the commons and we talked about commons a lot of commoning or having structures that are for um, and and the idea that commons that might need uh, boundaries and um, um, you know who is in a community and who can come in and use a finite resource and um, kind of drew in this idea of energy and who puts things in who's got the energy to do that who mm-hmm. takes things out. And then, yeah, so we've had in and out on the wall and SSW and thinking about what we're all coming here with, bringing in links to existing projects, practices, methods, um, places 
that we are connected to and other people we're connected to. And then today we've been thinking about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're taking with us. So, yeah, I feel like um, I don't feel such a connection to the Lumbang, but I didn't go mm-hmm. to Documenta. Yeah. But I've enjoyed hearing about it and of like seeing how that method um, can build into more specific methods for the places that we have mm-hmm. been in. So, yeah, like Mel said, today we've been talking about uh, what images and what models and what um, uh, drawings or, yeah, these metaphors might work here. So. The the mm-hmm. Lumbung, the rice barn image, I think, um, uh, was quite slippery to grasp um, just because it was used as a term quite casually um, and, and, you know, with a clear understanding, I think, for a few people, which which maybe slipped by me a little bit until today when we did a, a series of um, economic portraits um, led by led by Catherine where um, uh, yeah we were kind of asked to explore um, the diverse economies and the hidden economies that make up um, the Scottish Sculpture Workshop, and uh, yeah that process definitely helped me kind mm-hmm. of work through a little bit of the Lumbung rice barn um, as a metaphor. I guess the way I could see it being useful is as a jumping off point for conversations around commoning and common goods. And I've learned a lot about different people's ways of working and practices through, um, not directly through the the Lumbung um, uh, rice barn kind of analogy or methodology, but as like a jumping off point to then, you know, dig a little bit deeper into why everybody's come here for this week and you know what are they kind of what are they bringing in and getting out of it which is uh, i guess going to be very clearly uh, taped onto the wall from our <laughs> from our in and out um uh, yeah kind of process today mm-hmm. one, one one way I, th- I i feel in a practical sense so we did the the outdoor drawing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we the whole group 20 of us were you there for that so you missed it. Oh. um so we all went out into the forest and spent half an hour plus to interpret the landscape in our own way and then we came back and displayed all our images on uh, like hung them oh, on the line yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but at no point we all just admired them in passing there was no sort of this is my work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know um, and it's it's interesting to like wrestle with such an individualistic like focused society and then being in a space where you almost know that there's there's mutual respect and care, so you don't really feel the need to kind of take uh, ownership of what you've produced. Yeah. Should we explain a little bit about what we've done each day? Because that might be mm. quite useful mm-hmm. as well. So you arrived on Tuesday evening, and well, oh, we must say we have been hosted so well, haven't we? Mm. Yes. Unbelievably yes. well. It's been. been key. From the beginning, I, I think a lot of care. We were having yeah. Beth and I were having a conversation this morning about how we've we've never fed ourselves so well. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so so kind of beautifully made. Um, yeah, yeah. So and yeah, I, the, the work that's gone into this week has been phenomenal. Yeah, I think the whole design of the program, where there's been sort of the things that require a lot of mental energy, have been balanced out with things that are making. And so it feels like that feels regenerative for me. I like the making. So each day there's been thought and then there's been care. Um, and structure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then sort of, you know, wrapped with this care of feeding and place, comfort, comfortable accommodations, I'm assuming. 
that intro moment as well so on the first night we had a dinner and we were invited to bring something edible mm. drinkable mm-hmm. um from where we'd come so people brought um like a really big variety of things mm-hmm. people had made homemade food some people had brought things from cultures some people had brought things so we had the buttery was very evident as a kind of <laughs> Aberdeenshire staple uh, which someone told me it was a salty flat croissant it reminds like a fisherman sat with extra croissant. salt this image has stayed with yeah. me that one is strong mm. a yeah. fisherman it tastes like a fisherman sat on a croissant <laughs> <laughs> tasty but we but then it moved very seamlessly for me into the morning where um, Katrin and Bubka introduced the idea of the translocal hmm. and the idea of the knowledges being specific to contexts and then being able to share them that made a lot of sense to me as I like had a little bit of sleep between to think about things people had brought and then in the morning they were like this is a kind of sharing of knowledges and you know the metaphors and the things we bring and the symbols all kind of started making sense for me in terms of how we've been so well fed but we've also been able to add our own perspectives and knowledges and some of us are makers and we've done a bit of sharing on that and some of us are um, kind of attached to certain ideas and we've shared some of that like that's all been possible because yeah. of that well thought through kind of moment of entry mm-hmm. yeah and at, and at various points I noticed that learning through all senses so it's mm-hmm. obviously with the sheep let's explain the sheep the sheep, the okay, sheep. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that began it was a, a smallholder shepherd who came down and, and had what were there like seven or eight sheep yeah in mm-hmm. there and they used hand shears, so no noisy, no noisy uh, electric shears to because it was raining. Yeah, in the pouring raining. rain, yeah. <laughs> and it's more uncomfortable. And it's more uncomfortable, and then yeah, just answered sheared sheep uh, yeah. whilst answering all our questions and curiosities about in the pouring about, rain. In the pouring, rain. Sheep, pouring, yeah, rain. In the pouring yeah. rain. And Jimmy and Kate wouldn't wear their coats while no, they're doing no, no. it because they get too hot holding the sheep. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So there was, it was a real like um, commitment to showing us exactly how that works and how that care happens with the animals that they look after. Mm. And, and they were um, crofters. Mm-hmm. Maybe can someone explain what that means in this context? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't realise until yesterday that croft was a term that was used in Aberdeenshire. Um, but I, I understood from Jimmy that the the crofting commission has extended that that out as a locality. It's, it's typically a highlands in the west of Scotland. Um, it's essentially a, a, a small scale farm with live potentially livestock, um, uh, sheep, um, and cows, and it comes uh, with a lot of really really lovely um, uh, and also very difficult to manage, I think, common uh, common land, common grazing, common good kind of uh, concepts. So um, Jimmy and Kate, I think about 10 years ago, moved to this area and have been um, rearing sheep and living off-grid um, uh, just about 10 miles away from here. And, um, and they were sharing their experience with us as well in a really, really generous way, mm-hmm. they, you know, to have the skill to be able to, you know, clasp, clasp the sheep and, uh, and shear and then also seamlessly talk about his experience of growing up on the island of Col and then coming over here and, um, and, and what that means. And uh, I saw afterwards, actually, he'd, he'd shared some thoughts um, uh, on, his, on his Instagram about that day. Oh, okay. So I'd love oh. to share that with you guys oh, yeah. at some point, <laughs> yeah, just to see that, that this, he, I think he also got 
quite a lot out of that uh, these some of these conversations yeah. and being hosted by SSW. Um, so that, he, yeah. he also was sharing a lot about the economics of mm-hmm. the sheep and the wool and the crofting, and so that sort of slotted in a lot to what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, wool um, <clears throat> wool came in a lot to our um, the way that yesterday was structured. Mm-hmm. We were also um, invited to a, a wool processing workshop. Um, uh, with by Marguerite Fleming. By Marguerite Fleming, who yes. was. And Miles has a little bit that you've <laughs> snuck away in your pocket. <laughs> um, so that that was kind of yeah the other the other side of this process, which is what happens to that material um, afterwards, and that felt very appropriate actually for SSW. Um, mm-hmm. And I I always think of this the sculpture workshop as a space for makers, and um, and it was just an extension an extension of that. So we were um, washing and drying and. Um, Carding wool, which was so this very you said learning through all your different senses, Miles, mm-hmm. and and that we the being encouraged to to touch and smell and feel, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a different way into these these conversations we then had yesterday, which were much more kind of focused around, um, yeah, the more yeah visible and invisible economies of Aberdeenshire and Aberdeen, I think, which led us to a lot of conversation about oil and energy and um, post-oil futures. So, so yesterday we all got on a coach. We did. Mm-hmm. And we drove to, Michael drove us to Aberdeen <laughs> um, and it, we spent the whole day and it was hosted and organised by, by Rachel Grant. Grant, thank you. Um, and Scott Heron. Scott Heron. Heron um, and they gave a wonderful tour of specific sites that are connected in some shape or form to the oil industry. Mm-hmm. So we started at the church, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. St. Nicholas St. Kirk, St. Nicholas Kirk, which is central in Aberdeen School yeah. on School Hill. Was it called Mither Kirk? Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> Although not a name I'd heard, I'd heard before, but mm. um, you know that might be. That was it. Was interesting. I, I think just because I, I've been in that that Kirk a lot for school services mm. and things like that <laughs> when it was open yeah that was that was uh it was somewhere I knew quite well and it was so we were we we were toured around by um by Arthur who was telling us about the the history of this um of this Kirk but particularly uh this um um chapel. stained glass yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah the the oil chapel yeah I think that's what it's that's what it's yeah. nicknamed and so that was I had never, I'd never seen that or even knew it existed. So wow. I think that was something I've de- I'm definitely taking away from this. Um, we we had some really interesting chats in there as well. I think oh, yeah. growing growing up in this area, mm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you used to go to that church? I my connection to it is I'd sat and eaten lunch outside. It's it's quite a a place of respite in the mm-hmm. city centre mm-hmm. because there's yeah. loads of trees and, and big it's walls covering quiet, it. So it's yeah. quiet, yeah, yeah. So it's a and good spot And the freeway from lots of places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically in, stuck in between three shopping centres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, It's a tiny little oasis yeah. ringed by huge failing shopping centres. Yeah. Yeah. I say it's tiny though, but it was it's it quite large. Massive, it's quite like, large. Because it was yeah. a two-sided church where they have completely separate services and the chapel in the middle and the stained glass windows how many stories tall? Mm. It was very, for me, it felt like this huge window yeah. and it depicted, what was it? It went from the fish and the wheat. Fish, the wheat, the roses. And, and the two the, rivers. The two yeah. rivers, the oil rigs. The, the um, famous buildings of Aberdeen. Yep. Famous buildings yeah. of Aberdeen. Lighthouse. Historic buildings. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 
um, the presence of God was erected, and, and then and Saint Nicholas. But between the two, oil was held. Specifically, it was done after the Piper Alpha. During that, it was happening during it, but I thought that by Shell, the whole chapel, okay, and planned to celebrate oils. Roll in Aberdeen, okay. mm-hmm. and, and then, then it happened like what was it a year after? Nineteen eighty nine, I think. The window while they were doing it, so it was yeah. appropriated maybe we could say what in brief the uh, the event just for people who might not be familiar with the the disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah Piper Alpha was um, a, 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 a oil disaster in the northeast. Um, the, the North Sea, where 157 people lost their lives, and it changed um, the oil industry uh, forever from from then. And 1989. 1989. Yeah, mm-hmm. if my understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Rachel was so great at leading us around. You know, we ended up at um, the gallery, the mm-hmm. mu- like the central gallery, which has a BP sponsored. Um, Kind of gallery, gallery. So wing. wing wing and explain yeah. how um, British petrol is now beyond, beyond pet- petroleum beyond mm-hmm. petroleum mm-hmm. so this kind of change of um, positioning um, and we also went to we, we hung out by the donation the, 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 donation wall yeah <laughs> and looking at she was talking a lot about contact zones or this idea of where oil becomes like super visible yes. yeah. in ways where in an Aberdeen that happens in more places than mm-hmm. in other places but yeah um, it's really helpful as someone from the outside to understand how you know when when you when there was a sort of introduction of the lack of interest in the binary is oil good or bad to understand that like kind of you know how it's present in people's lives yeah. here it was really helpful to go to places and look at where it was positioned you know the largest stained glass window I've seen for a long time in a church and the significant um, amount of branding mm-hmm. on the walls of mm-hmm. the gallery that kind of it, it made it feel different to, um, it was a better way of understanding it for me um, than sort of hearing that there was a bit of contention about whether you could say that you, sh- you should use different kinds of fuel sources different kinds of energy sources now like I could I could see why there would be tension in the city and in their surrounding areas. And also when we went to the golf club after we went up the hill didn't we and saw the wind farm which is also it has a, sh- you know it's not just again that binary oil bad wind good, it was sort of there were loads of issues around where that energy goes, it's mm. produced through the wind Silly. farms, the biodiversity that's affected through having the wind farms. The systems it perpetuates. And yeah. I think yeah. it's that the, the wind the wind farms and wind farm energy is, is like a I've had I've had a lot of really interesting conversations because it leads into um yeah, relevant land mm-hmm. grabs or land rights. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Being kind of tested all across Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rachel's kind of talking about that we can change, but a lot of the systems or the the, the we're still thinking in an oil yep. mindset, yep. kind of idea, yep. an extractive mindset. Yeah, yes. still the centralized kind of. That's the thing I get on. You know, it's like okay, we're drilling off sea, and it's all these big multinationals that own that, and now the wind farms are owned by multinationals. Everything's heavily centralized. And, yeah, and ownership becomes a big issue. And you were talking about local grids. Yeah. Can you like, say a bit more about community you, grids? Just the idea of community sorry. grids, yeah, coming in and how, you know, instead of selling off the resources of Scotland to these multinationals and piping it other places, you know, the idea that actually building the smaller 
community-based infrastructure. No one's making a lot of money off of it, but it's much more sustainable long-term because you're sustaining the local economy, the, you know, the local community. And that that just hasn't been part of the plan at all. That's interesting to think about in the context of the next stop we had on this whistle-stop tour of Aberdeen, which was Torrey, which um, is is a, a part of Aberdeen, but used to only be accessible by ferry. Um, yeah, it was, was, its, own, it was its own royal borough. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. of course. Separate. Um, so we were, we were at St Fittick's Park, um, which is a kind of contested bit of land in Torrey, where um, there's a newly developed um, port um, just around the corner from the, the main... Um, yeah. uh, in, in Nig Bay, Nig New, Bay. Har- New Aberdeen Harbour. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's very... Um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very jarring. I think when, when we, we took a bit of time to stand on the top and we were of this golf course, we were surrounded by golfers <laughs> and, um, and just had this very panoramic view of, um, of really these different... Um, economies that we've been kind of that yeah. we were te- or Rachel was teasing out very well and Scott um, uh, and yeah this this piece of land um, which is used and um, well loved I feel like from from the community who lives nearby in Torrey which is a very un um, unsupported community uh, and uh, yeah and with a history of um, of course because the existing harbour um, yeah not the new one yeah the um, original one. The old Tory village was demolished yes. in order to, yeah. yes. in order yeah. to make way well, for the oil the, industry. Yeah, yeah and there's yeah. the sewage treatment plant and there's the new incinerator. Mm-hmm. Everything's been put on Past Tory. Yeah. yeah, and the old landfill. Which is now which is now covered over, which is so it's fine. So it's <laughs> our history of other people making choices about yeah, their exactly. imposed decision making. Yeah. Which on is Tory. why it was yeah. so great to hear more about the Friends of St. Fittick's, mm-hmm. um, this this uh, community activist organisation who are working to figure out the options for this piece of land and um, with absolutely no support from local authority yeah. but just um, really battling through that adversity in, a, in an interesting, in a really interesting way. As the, yeah, because the land is um, planned to be the um, new development en- zone, development zone, energy transition zone mm-hmm. um, and Scott kept making this point that um, it's actually the dispute has nothing to do with energy transition. Mm. It's got everything. <laughs> um, it's um, about um, land grab. Land grabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, completely. So a harbour was, a port was built with no space to really make the harbour. The infrastructure. The yeah. infrastructure for it. So now that the land, um, they've even, they kind of wanted the, all of the land and now they've worked out which bit is valuable. They just want the big slice in the middle. That's flattened. Yeah. Flat, yeah. So they're sort of saying, maybe you could have the other bits because we need this bit without coming forward and saying we want it to make sure we have the infrastructure mm-hmm. for the thing we've paid for. They're mm-hmm. saying it's for this very just transition of mm-hmm. energies and um, using that kind of climate. Greenwashing. Yeah, greenwashing. You, Miles, you used a really interesting phrase, I think, when we were talking about it in the park. This like oh. almost like this occupation, the step yeah. by step. Yeah, the idea yeah. that if they could take one chunk, then it would be much easier, I guess, mm-hmm. with the momentum to kind of grab yep. another. Yeah, you know, the, the mechanisms would be in be in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had a walk. So we walked through St Fittick's Park. And we walked along the river. Where there's a lot of biodiversity. Yes. Scott was talking about how in St Fittick's Park it's quite urban, but they have more diversity in the plants and the, and the birds than um, where we are here in 
Lumsden of yeah. him exploring the yeah. yeah. Aventure. Mm. Mm. So we had, yeah, although it was the Rural School of Economics, we were yeah, picking up on what Beth was saying earlier about um, what are their assumptions about those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, learning from, from those kind of difficult... And just as though we, we came back and watched um, some films that kind of put that in a colonial context um, by Ashanti Harris, mm-hmm. who Rachel had commissioned one of the films mm-hmm. for an exhibition, and they did a little bit of that work to connect these to where um, this relationship with oil and this extraction from other countries beyond borders as well. Um, but it fit within the idea of the... Um, uh, what's what's Katrin and um, Trans- the translocal? Mm-hmm. It, it connected back to me again because mm-hmm. I spent this day really like with synthetics. I was totally yeah. consumed by the place we were in, and then it really helped mm-hmm. to kind of yeah. Yeah. Back out I agree context. with that. The, the twinning yes. to yeah. Georgetown. Yes, yep. Guyana. Yeah. The, there's the the films were really amazing at drawing that that um, that history out, um, but also then how you have this performance of translocal through something like a twinning which mm-hmm. is often very business kind of chamber of commerce type led yeah. connections yeah. but but how you know just made, it did make me think about how the activists in uh, in the park you know make, reclaiming and making mm-hmm. sure that's not land grabbed how they could also twin with the activists mm-hmm. yeah, in and share share a similar plight sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did talk about that huge powerful. allyship as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the effort in um St. Phoenix has been supported by um, environmental scientists, lawyers, mm-hmm. people from the university doctors, doctors. doctors. Um, it was amazing. The local doctors had someone that you could go to for legal advice as well as seeing someone for your medical health and how that had been recognised that was a need in the area and that mm-hmm. lawyer had got connected to synthetics as a fight to keep that space for people's well-being like that that really connected up for me in terms of what we talked about about how we bring people together into these communities like looking at who has these different resources as well as people who just use it day to day Mm -hmm. and make it a place for themselves and for each other and other people to join in and share yeah Yeah. and scott at that point um read a really beautiful poem and was talking about um working with artists and um as part of that, and um, so they made a poem about um, um, that, w- that drew on community testimony, and then um, putting those together into a communicable narrative yeah. in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had a lovely moment of sitting on the grass in Symphotics and one of the campaigners walking past and thinking we'd all come off a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> there was another um, point that Scott made about you know, reframing a just transition as in a dr- just transition for the impoverished people of that community mm. whereby mm. they make better housing and yep. better living conditions for them. Quite fairly easy um, retrofitting interventions, insulation, um, damp proofing, um, mm-hmm. fixing leaks, really basic shelter needs that could be met. The, yeah. It goes back to the wall and the value of wall and mm. that wall is actually a really good insulator mm. and can well, yeah, yeah. help with the dampness. Mm, <laughs> Linking yeah. up all these different pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. And also it made me think about the what feels like another thread is the I'm going to say grassroots, whether that's the right term, but you know, like that, that what happens when people come together through a shared need or mm. concern or um and how different that is to what we probably experience more often, which is a very top-down um, 
in position, <laughs> like obviously the, the what's happening um, with this energy zone, energy transition mm-hmm. zone. Um, but how to again not for it to be black and white, but sort of think how how can we sustain that? Um, and I was thinking of the yeah, I guess the the idea of um, that allyship and um, like Laura Berlant talks about non-heroic agency and lateral agency and this idea of I always sort of think of the the visual of the treading water together because there's a sort of and how we support each other to not sink (laughs) Um, but that that feels like all these different ways of working together which make sure we don't kind of just lose our shit all the time Um, but actually (laughs) help each other to stay afloat somehow Mm -hmm. it was very well, I think one one of the ways that this week has been useful is to hear about how other people stay afloat mm. and um, and share quite practically yeah. practices and like how you know real real world real world applications for a lot of the things that we think about and talk about all the time. And what I think I would love to see is how those conversations have gone in the other rural school of economic summer camps. Mm. And, you know, and and maybe is there shared learning to be <clears throat> to be kind of yeah developed or or connected up um in that way because even just i mean in in this lumsden um couple of days there's just been there's just been a a wealth of of that sharing with people bringing in um yeah quite quite disparate sometimes um ways of working or or experiences um and i think there'll be a lot that hopefully comes from that in the future I think that that's um, yeah one possible yeah. outcome that SSW would be looking for. Yeah, I think like one thing I've really appreciated is Catherine Vodka um, kind of advocating for practice hype, the hyper local practice, mm-hmm. but not seeing mm-hmm. that as insular or like mm-hmm. it can be outward looking mm-hmm. and it can be um, some yeah the, like communities of interest are commons without specific place all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, finding. Um, yeah, I'm also interested in how we get also some of those more specific things. If it is like establishing a network or establishing, thinking about that network that exists, how do you how do we access that network? What is the yeah. what is circulated? How do we yeah. sustain it? As well? yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. I of think what that's what I'm like. Mm. Now what? Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Then yeah. that comes into radical admin, like how much of a role admin yeah. Yeah. would play has to, yeah. Yeah. in has to take up sustaining. Yeah. 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 Uh, radical admin is um, Kate Rich's practice um, of of yeah this this again thinking about these these binaries that we draw between them. Um, uh, administrative practice and, and systems change and mm. um, yeah that's been that's been fantastic to be discussing on a more kind of a wider basis uh, with people because it's a lot of what I it's a lot of what I'm doing now and, and my, my I never I didn't mention my, my job title is diverse economies manager um, and I think that's been really fun to unpick in this in this kind of uh, group as well I felt very supported to explore it mm. quite critically um, mm. uh, in different ways yeah, I think one thing would be like we didn't really have an opportunity. We've been able to pick and choose bits to share in particular conversations, but yeah, I still feel like there's so much yeah, in yeah. like true, specific practices really that I'm like, oh, to know what, yeah. what you do when you're yeah. not here. Yes, and yeah. we've had a, we've had a lot of doing while here mm. and bringing things that mm-hmm. feel relevant in the moment, mm-hmm. but knowing a bit of the context or the bit of the the other bits that maybe don't aren't as presentable. Yeah. And we, today we were thinking a lot about like what hidden economies and visible economies and 
what kind of aspects of is is an exhibition the cherry on the cake and in I've been thinking a lot about in presenting myself or in present presenting my area or like the mm-hmm. the practices if sometimes it feels like you're picking these cherries yeah. to be like oh here's <laughs> something relevant yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. have a cherry have a cherry have a cherry <laughs> and then <laughs> thinking about how to bring more of the like have this horrible crumbly (laughs) crumbly piece of the cake (laughs) one of the groups we were talking about um uh doing little mini residencies with each other so like coming to stay with you and like help you out like i was thinking you know is it a woofer is it a woofer yeah like being an art because i feel like you really get meow and woofer yeah yeah meow and woofer yeah um, yeah. Sense of yeah. What you actually? What do you mean when you're doing these gardening projects? I literally yeah. need to come and help you out and get my hands dirty. Mm. Yeah. And then we talk and think and yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what good dog? Yeah. 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 Like you get a better sense of place. No. Yeah. It's a radical admin. Yeah. 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 It's a great idea. It's interesting what you're saying there about you know the the sides of ourselves that we choose to present or or the sides of our work that we choose to present and I think. Even though this has been such a wholesome experience, it is still like a, a yep. bubble or, or, yep. or like a pocket in totally. time where, yep. where we can't really know each other that well. Yeah. We can't really. I think I took part in a really interesting workshop with the Scottish Artists Union that was about economic self-portraits and about mm. the like structures that support that like basically what we did for SSW today, but for yourself. Mm. <laughs> and then we shared that, and I feel like there's a lot of things that is maybe. Um, I mean, th- yeah, we've had a lot of really good time, and but there's a lot of people and a lot of mm. things you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, like those um, structures that Rubka and Catherine have all like mainly been quite new to me, but I can like like think about yeah facilitating that in different ways with people mm-hmm. that I know, even like collaborators of like, okay, what do you, what are you bringing? Maybe we can make a, a collaboration to, a, economic portrait, but maybe through individual ones as well yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. there's just so much yeah. uh, that we could do I love Catherine's explanation of that exercise when we were trying to do the economic portrait of SSW which was that you have to um, it's like the first step is to recognise mm-hmm. so when you're doing the portrait you have to recognise what you're trying to represent mm-hmm. and then you can use it to plan and you can use it to change but like that first step of being mm-hmm. like and then when we did our little drawings and sketches to try and show SSW what we might suggest you could see them having instinctual reactions. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes mm-hmm. it was the metaphor, uh, they needed a bit more knowledge of the thing to see whether, but it was like, they, it felt like we were doing like a taste testing mm-hmm. of being like, <laughs> does this make sense to you? Does this, this is my, I've been here for a few days. This is my yeah. understanding. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when you hear this? How does it reflect back to you? And then the conversation was, is that economic drawing? Like e- economics to me is this thing that I don't understand but then when we have these conversations it became like okay is the cash it is the resources it is these parts that I totally am familiar with mm-hmm. but then they can choose whether they make a drawing public to help other mm-hmm. people understand or for them to refer back to to kind of be like okay so this is how we want our economy to be or this is how we plan we change it because we might have a new drawing in a mm-hmm. few years or in the next year um, I was just thinking about that as like a useful way to think about like economies as being like things that we can take hold of or sketch out and have conversations about yeah. and not this system that I'm aware of mm-hmm. <laughs> at a distance. Of, of uh, numer- like, numbers. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'm aware it's we've been talking for nearly 40 minutes and we can hear lunch yep. next door <laughs> and so smell it yeah we should end it there thank you so much everyone for your amazing references <laughs> and experiences and sharing <laughs> all of that um thank you very much thank, thank you Sophie. thanks for having us heard the podcast please go to the website there you'll find much more details about topics talked about links to references and much more you can find the website at meow.net that's m-i-a-a-w dot net see you there